Hello and welcome to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I am your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Hey, you guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited. Today's going to be my first question and answer podcast, and these questions are going to be stemmed from questions that you guys had asked during a Wellness Wednesday a few weeks ago. By the time that this airs, when I'm recording it, it is within the same week because weeks are going to get crazy. We've got this weekend, we've got two weeks until the wedding. So the countdown is on. But before I get into the podcast today, I wanted to just remind you guys about the holistic skincare questionnaire that I have. And I think that's been super fun for me going through and getting to know you guys. And although, like I had mentioned in the acne podcast, I can't give diagnosis of you have estrogen dominance or you have this, like these, this is the protocol you should follow. I can point you in directions on places that you should look, things that you can be doing like baseline, you know, if your gut needs help, if your liver needs help, baseline and like push you in places to go but what's also been really cool is because you guys have been like well is this something that you can help me with and absolutely there's a lot of the questions on there you know whether it's dealing with cravings irritability you know that's a huge insulin thing or whether it's you know melasma or hormonal acne on your chin you know totally due to hormonal imbalances or bloating after meals and we've got some GI inflammation that we can tackle and I and it's nice that you guys kind of know where you can go but a lot of you have been really excited because now we have a place to start and so I give you a place to start you can start researching and then you know I'm here if you need me and it's been fun to to get that all settled and to give you guys some some uh, cleaner skincare recommendations because that is, I just cannot speak how highly enough, you know, taking care of your insides and having good, healthy, hormone, healthy skincare is. So I actually recently had a really small pimple just come up and I, in the past, I feel like this would have gotten larger and cause you could kind of feel the inflammation under the skin. It, it isn't super huge, but I did so many different things to just like make sure I was addressing the underlying reasons that was happening. And I mean, I just started noticing it yesterday and it's already getting better. And whereas these deep under the skin ones would have taken me forever because I really focused on, okay, I got to heal my liver. I got to give my liver a little bit of extra support. For me, I was doing lots of dandelion tea, lots of green tea. Uh, what's the herb I'm using? Calendula is a great lymphatic herb. I'm doing lots of turmeric, topically and internally, and it just like what a quick turnover. So I got to take a look, and I think I've been kind of bad about being consistent with my probiotics because the probiotics that I love, the Megaspore, um, those have really, really helped just heal some of the leaky gut that's going on, and I can link those in the show notes for you. But yeah, it's it's. I still, I'm not perfect. I don't know if I quite ever will be because every day is a healing journey for me, but coming from a place where I know how to tackle what's going on and get it to heal and turn over quicker. And that just makes my day. So, and it just makes me happy to know that I'm moving in the right direction. And that's exactly what I want for you guys. So that form will be linked in the show notes. If you guys want it, you can also refer to the acne episode where I talk about it. I believe it's in my Instagram bio as well. So there's lots of places that you can find it. Um, But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. This is all Q&A driven. So if you had asked me a question on the Wellness Wednesday, that's just where I'm pulling it from. Even if I had answered your question on my Instagram story, which if you're not following me, 
definitely be following me at Dr. Haley Schaff on Instagram. I post lots of really just things that I think are really cool and interesting and think that people need to hear about, kind of similar to the podcast. And on Wednesdays, I do I put up little mini quizzes so that you can test your knowledge. And then I also put up a question box where obviously I can't answer medical advice and no answers on today's podcast will also be medical advice rather than just education and empowerment to kind of lead you in that right direction. So if you are having issues or you really feel like you need a deeper dive in diagnosis, please reach out to your practitioner. And if you are looking for someone to work with, I am taking both in-person and remote clients. So let me know whatever works for you guys, but I hope that you find value out of me answering these questions. And these are just something fun that I really do like to do. So first question is, what are my thoughts on food sensitivities and is that something that they should go to to run by get run by their doctor and food sensitivity tests can be awesome um they also cannot be so awesome so you know some people get food sensitivity tests and i just find that they're not super sensitive you know they're not really picking up what we need to be picking up and it, it can be a good place to kind of point you in the right direction of things that you probably should start looking into or just Maybe things that you should start limiting to decrease some of the inflammation that can be happening in the GI system. My personal go-to to finding people's uh, sensitivities are different forms of an elimination diet. So an elimination diet doesn't mean that we cut it out forever, but it just means that we cut out a lot of common food triggers or triggers that you know that you personally have. Like I had someone on my skincare questionnaire say, every time I eat an apple, I'm bloated. Well, you know what? That apple probably doesn't that it's obviously creating inflammation so that she's probably sensitive to something in there. So, you know, and you guys know yourself better than anybody else. You know, I know the common food sensitivities that people struggle with in food allergies, you know, corn, soy, gluten, wheat, uh, what am I missing? Eggs, sometimes dairy, uh, you know, those are the common ones. And then we'll kind of limit whether we cut them all, we cut some, we see how you feel, we reintroduce it. It, you can't just like reintroduce all at once. You have to reintroduce slowly because it takes a few days for a reaction to possibly show up. So that's important to note. But short answer is yes, they can be helpful. But I do find a lot of times that elimination type diets work the best and they save you some money. So another question is, um, let's see, where do I want to start here? We'll start here. Suggestions for weight loss plateau. Okay. So I see this all the time. There's a lot of root cause issues. Why, why is this happening? You have to ask yourself a lot of different questions. How long have you been dieting for? Are you stressed? Have you been eating extremely low calories for an extended period of time? Are you overtraining in the gym? Is your gut off? Are your hormones off? Do you have some type of insulin resistance? Because all of those can, can be contributing. Our body's not a calculator. We are not a calculator, especially our body is most certainly not a calculator when our body's not optimi- optimally functioning. So if there's any sort of insulin resistance, which again, 88% of people have some sort, our body's not a calculator. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I think that's really important to note is we have to look at these kind of root cause things, because if we go back to, you know, the stress episode that I did last week, you know, when the body is stressed, whether that's coming from environmental toxins, personal care products, you know, heavy metals, dieting for too long, overexercising, not recovering, food sensitivities, insulin resistance. If there's a, some type of stressor, the body's smart and the body's going to say, I'm not giving up any more weight loss because I don't feel safe. It's the same thing with reproductive health. People are, you're not going to reproduce and you're not going to have healthy hormones and you're not going to have a healthy menstrual cycle if the body's feeling threatened in some type of way. So 
I think it's really important to kind of address all of those different things when looking at a weight loss plateau. And it's not just, it's not just macros. It's not just, okay, let's readjust your calories because we know that it's a lot more than that. And in the functional and naturopathic space, we've known that for a long time. We know that, but I think other, other areas are slowly catching up. Um, not as quickly as I'd like, but that's definitely something that I would personally be aware of. So yeah, I hope that's helpful. So next one, uh, I have an autoimmune condition, which impact red blood cells, any suggestions? So um, not super familiar with that particular condition. It's PNH, but um, when looking at red blood cells and looking at just autoimmunity in general, um, there's really great resources out there on paleo for autoimmunity. And I really highly recommend taking a, a look into that because Paleo slash carnivore and organ meat nose to tail has really done a lot of awesome, profound things for autoimmunity. So I would point you in that type of direction. So next question, can you get lots of pain with onset of period if you're not eating enough to support your activity? Totally. So pain, pain associated with periods is prostaglandins. And essentially that's just a fancy word for inflammation and Estrogen dominance is typically the cause of that. Now, that doesn't mean to say that your estrogen is off the charts and super high. It just means that it's high in relation to where progesterone should be, which newsflash, most of the people that I see and most people in general are estrogen dominant due to various different things. Stress is a huge thing. Stress, again, not just mental and emotional stress, but physical stress. So like she's saying, if she's not eating enough and she's training hard in the gym, that's a stressor that's a stressor whether we like it or not, you know, so that therefore estrogen could be higher in relation to progesterone because progesterone is more of like our chill, feel good, like everything is cool, calm, collective and safe. So in order for progesterone needs to be high, it needs to know that it's in a safe environment. You need to be practicing stress, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, like stress really needs to be in, in check. And that does mean consuming an adequate amount of calories for what your, whatever your activity level is, making sure that um, you are making sure the body knows that it's satisfied, that all the nutrient requirements are met, because that's also a huge thing. So, um, you know, making sure that you're limiting xenoestrogens found in personal care products, all of that definitely goes into effect. Essential oils. Do you use them? I do. I love essential oils. I've been using them for a while now. And I do think that when it comes down to any type of product, whether it's supplement, herb, food, essential oils, quality really does matter. And, um, you know, I'm not partial. I'm not, you know, I, I, I know there's like camps out there, like camp young living and camp doTERRA. And I personally just use doTERRA because that is what one of my good friends uses. And that's just how I got into it. But my sister-in-law Molly uses young living and she loves it. And I love a lot of her oils. I think that those two are some of the best when it comes to testing and sourcing and advocacy towards the, the places that they're getting these oils and doing them sustainably where a lot of places aren't. So if you're getting your essential oils at Walmart or Rite Aid, or I don't even know where sells them, but don't, because a lot of times they're cut with things like alcohol. A lot of times they're also cut with things like fragrances. So just if you're going to invest in essential oils, invest in a, a good brand. Uh, I think that's really important. I can put the link for doTERRA's uh, in the show notes, but you know, like I said, I, I just use them because I know that they're super high quality. I really love them. And a lot of people say, you know, are they safe around pets? And I am careful with certain ones, especially like things like tea tree. I won't diffuse clove. I won't diffuse cinnamon. I won't diffuse just because of the animals. But 
a lot of the things from pets comes down to how safe they are. You know, they're a lot more sensitive to smells and they're a lot more sensitive to these volatile organic compounds and things that are in all of our household things. So that's another reason why I'm also very particular about, you know, the environmental products that I use. But uh, yeah, that's why quality really matters to me. So next one, maybe this has nothing to do with wellness, but how does one wake up feeling refreshed? So super important. We should always wake up feeling refreshed. I get that sometimes, especially now that it's darker out, it's a little bit harder to wake up when it's dark. But once you're up and once you're moving, you should feel refreshed immediately. And a lot of that can be due to you're not efficiently going through your REM cycles. So you might not be making adequate melatonin. So regulating your sleep cycle is going to be really important. So that starts in the morning. Getting exposed to natural light first thing in the morning is one of the most important things that you can do to set your circadian rhythm and your sleep-wake cycle for the rest of the day. So getting exposed to natural light at night, putting the dimmers on lights, you know, using lamps or red lights or Himalayan pink salt lamps or things with like a warmer scent so you're not um, decreasing melatonin production because that is, I see that all the time. People's melatonin is totally tanked because they are on their phones or on their computers, they're on their tablets and whatnot. But, you know, we have settings on our phones where you can turn the screen completely red, which is what I'll do. And one, it makes it super not fun to be on it. So it actually is a good thing for me because I'll just put my phone away earlier, which we all need to do a little bit more of. But if you do need to be on it for work, you know, you can get blue light blocking glasses and you can turn, you know, the more warmer setting on your devices on and that can help a lot. But, you know, take a look at, you know, Maybe you're not staying asleep long and magnesium could be deficient or you're having caffeine too late in the day or your cortisol is too high at night. You know, there's so many different things, but that's one of my favorite tips and best tips I have that's lifestyle that can help regulate your circadian rhythm, getting yourself in a routine at night, reading before bed or meditating or doing some yoga or just like telling your body that it's calming down is a really great way because then you can fall asleep easier, hopefully stay asleep longer, and then you can wake up feeling refreshed. And if you are having a little bit of hard time getting up in the morning, as soon as your alarm goes off, get up and go expose yourself to some light. Do like I've been doing like air squats and a few push-ups while my coffee's brewing. I'll do some tongue scraping or, you know, gua sha or something like that just to like promote some type of movement. And that always gets me going because I don't need my coffee in the morning and it's decaf most of the time, but I just enjoy it. So I think it's important to know that we should never be relying on caffeine or anything to keep us going. It's all about kind of looking internally and seeing what's going on. So Next question, how to combat migraines during PMS. So this can be caused for a few different reasons, and it's really important to understand why it's occurring in the first place. Because I could say, oh, take these natural anti-inflammatories, do this, do this. But if we're not understanding why it's happening in the first place, you're going to keep getting them. So a lot of times they happen during uh, menstrual cycle and during your uh, period is because there's an imbalance of hormones, typically higher estrogen due to progesterone. So more estrogen-dominant symptoms. They also can happen because of insulin resistance, which is very, very common. They happen in a lot of people because of insulin resistance. And in the book I'm reading right now, Why We Get Sick, it talked, it talks about that. And, you know, in relation to brain health and how insulin resistance is decreasing blood flow and, and it's and it can, might be causing migraines now. But, you know, it's a precursor for Alzheimer's and dementia and atherosclerosis and heart disease down the road. So it, it is important to kind of address why this is occurring in the first place. Stress is another reason. Food sensitivities can be another. But if it's 
I would say it's if it's happening during your menstrual cycle, it's probably not food sensitivity related unless you're eating only a certain type of food during that time. It's probably one of the other symptoms because we are a little bit more insulin resistant right before our period anyways. So if you are already having issues with insulin and then you it just gets even worse for your period. Um, okay, how do you eat in season during winter months? Okay, so this is my first time kind of ever being as hardcore as I am right now. And I'm, guys, I'm not buying any produce or anything at the grocery store. We have all of our meat that is sustainably raised from butcher box, as well as uh, local cows and stuff like that. So our meat is taken care of local eggs. I get right down the road. Uh, but in the summer, I literally have just been going and getting whatever's in season from farmer's market, farmer stands, whatever. But during the winter months, I'm probably going to rely a little bit more on things like squashes and stuff that will stay good. Like winter squashes will stay good for a few months. I'm trying to can some things. Uh, I still, I think in the winter, I still will buy some, some vegetables, but I'm really going to challenge myself to, to buy different ones every time I go, because every time I would go to the grocery store, it'd be spinach, broccoli sprouts, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, like it would be the same things. And that's why I've really enjoyed eating seasonally is because I'm not eating the same things all the time. It's forcing me to change my, the diversity in my microbiome. So I'm going to continue to switch that way. And ancestrally, we would have been in a more ketosis state during the winter because we would have just had less carb sources to eat. You know, maybe, I mean, we really wouldn't have had a ton. It would have more just been like maybe some winter squash you know, if people like back in the day when there was canning, but like in the primitive days, it would have really just kind of been animal meat and fasting, which I'm not going to go that extreme. I will add some stuff in, but I am going to try because I feel so amazing. I am going to try to kind of stick to probably a little bit lower carb, higher fat diet in the winter for that reason. And then, you know, I believe that we're supposed to kind of ebb and flow out of those things. And in the summer, I've been eating more carbs because of the fruits and vegetables. So We'll see how that goes, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, why do I crave whiskey right before my period starts? That's honestly a really good question. Um, and I honestly don't really know the answer to that. I would just say, you know, stress related. Maybe you're feeling like you need something to take the edge off if your stress and irritability is super high, but take a look at that and see kind of like what you're feeling and what is changing during that time for you. Next question, how to test for leaky gut and how to tell healed, how to tell you have a healed or how to tell you've healed a leaky gut. So testing for leaky gut, you can do certain like blood tests, uh, measuring immunoglobins uh, and inflammatory markers. Truth is, honestly, a lot of people have some sort of leaky gut. If there's any type of autoimmunity, you don't even really need to test for it because that is for sure a leaky gut thing. Um healing a leaky gut um you can if you have tested you can retest but if you've healed a leaky gut you should have less symptoms of gut dysfunction whether it's mood or food sensitivity or overall inflammation or fatigue or joint pain acne psoriasis eczema like any symptoms that you're experiencing should start to kind of go away that's what i see a lot in times when we're healing people's leaky gut uh reasons to switch to natural deodorant okay So a lot of deodorants are filled with crap, like absolute garbage. They're filled with aluminum and parabens and fragrance. And where are we? So fragrance and parabens are endocrine disruptors. They literally mimic estrogen. And aluminum is a heavy metal that is stored in one fat tissue, but it loves to be stored in the brain, loves to be stored in the brain. And where are we putting that other than right near the patch of where the most amount of lymph nodes in our body reside, which is under our arms. 
So I get that sometimes when you switch to natural deodorants, you might kind of smell like crap at first, but it's so worth it because I, it's just not worth putting that crap under your arms. It's really not. And if you find good, like I love the deodorant that I use. I'll put it in the show notes for you guys. It's by, uh, primarily pure. I believe I have a discount code with them. I think it's, uh, Haley, just H A L I E. I don't think it's Dr. Haley. I think it's Haley, but I use their charcoal one because charcoal one pulls toxins out of the body. So it's a detox for your armpits. There's no harmful aluminums. There's no heavy metals, no fragrance. It's, it's amazing. I love it. I don't smell with it. Um, and then there's some days because I've just been wearing it so frequently that where if I forget to wear it, I still don't smell. Um, so we have to think that like smell and things being excreted from our armpit are also kind of our body's way of telling us something. So that's important to know as well. But switching to a cleaner deodorant is, I think, the first place that people should start when switching cleaner products because, one, it's something that people are applying every day. Two, you're applying on a place where the lymph nodes are going to take it all over the body and you don't want it in the brain. You don't want it in your fat tissue. You don't want it anywhere. So that's what I recommend. Uh, best natural form of energy or supplement for such. So the best natural form of energy is your body's Krebs cycle in uh, glycolysis. You make your own ATP. That is the best way to do it. And how do you do it? You do it through clean foods, restful sleep, minerals, vitamins, AKA whole foods. That's the best way. Um, I, I think that we are a society way too reliant on stimulants, whether it's coffee, whether it's pre-workout, whether it's whatever to get us through the day. And we should not need that. We should not need a coffee to get us through the day. We should not need literally anything except for food and water to get us through the day. So I think that's important to note. So if you're going to, if you want like a great natural form of energy, one, I've heard that there's been really cool things showing that if you have a little bit of chlorophyll, which is like the green pigment in vegetables, if you take a few drops of that and you go out in the sun, it's a similar thing to what happens in plants. Like that's how plants get energy. So that's a great way to get energy. Getting outside, going for a walk are great natural ways to get energy. If you are going to consume caffeine, make sure that it's clean. Make sure that it's mold-free, mycotoxin-free coffee. Organic coffee is obviously best because it's not sprayed with pesticides. So those are all really really important to know. Um, but if you are feeling fatigued and you just feel like you're constantly relying on caffeine, it's time to take a little bit of a deeper look. Uh, good, clean vitamin brands. So there's a few that I like. I, I really love, um, and I've used first forms products for a really, really long time. I can't personally take their multivitamin anymore because there's folic acid in it and I have an MTHFR mutation. So you can't have folic acid when you have that mutation, but, um, I, I love their vegan protein. I love their greens. I love their reds phenomenal products. I love them. Um, I, I can, I'll put all the links for these in the show notes. Um, other products that I use, I use, uh, well, standard process is one that is, you have to have a practitioner to, uh, to order from it. But, um, a lot of people that I work with, I love a lot of their herbs and stuff. It's all grown on a local farm. And I think when it comes to I should have backed up and kind of preface it with this. When it comes to vitamins, there's so many out there and you have to look at how these companies are testing, how they're doing their research. Because if you're getting your supplements at Walmart, they're not very high quality. So um, that's, again, back to first form. I They have third-party testing. They, if, if anything like comes back negative or it, like it's there's not as much of one thing as they say, there should be the whole product 
and whole batch gets taken off the line. So, you know, that's not a very cheap way to, to, to do business, but it's the right way to do business in my opinion. So that's, that's why I really trust a lot of their stuff. And, um, you know, I, you guys know how diligent I am about products and stuff and I wouldn't take something or recommend something that I wouldn't think is safe. So that's why I love their company. Um, I've got free shipping on their products. So I'll link that up. I like standard process, but like I said, that's, you have to be working with a practitioner to get that. Um, I use some herbs and vitamins from Equilibrium Nutrition. Dr. Cabral is a uh, functional medicine doctor, and he created that line. Again, really, really high quality. Lots of different testing going into it. Um, lots of research because he's a functional medicine doctor. So those are kind of the the lines that I like the most in terms of vitamins, herbs, supplements, uh, whatnot. But, but yeah, and those all will be in the show notes for you. Uh, okay, thoughts on naps. So naps can be a really great thing. Again, address, you know, back to kind of like the caffeine thing. Are you constantly feeling low energy all day? Why might that be? You know, how are your sleep cycles? Are you getting enough rest? Are you in line with the circadian rhythm? But I totally hear you. Like sometimes we just, we live in a much different world than our ancestors did. And, and even naps during the day are something that has been in different cultures, like over in Spain, the siesta or in Mexico is the siesta and like taking that downtime and taking more of that time that most people don't take here and you know I'm not really a nap person anymore but during boards and during times when my life was definitely super crazy naps were really great for me because I wouldn't be pounding down another thing of caffeine when it comes to naps here's what you want to remember is that you don't want to snooze for a long time these are power naps these are 10 to 20 minutes because once you start getting into 30 minutes and above your body starts cycling into its into its sleep cycle. So that's 30 minutes and above is where you'll hit that threshold of where you wake up and you're like, I feel hungover. I feel worse than I did. Like, I feel so tired. I don't want to do anything. But if you just can, if you're tired enough, which if you're going to take a nap, you should be. If you're tired enough that you just close your eyes, you fall asleep, you set your timer for 10, 15, 20 minutes, you will wake up feeling like a new person. And that's what I so recommend. Um, I think that you know, if I really need that boost and I'm, I'm really feeling fatigued, but I just close my eyes for a few minutes. Sometimes I just close my eyes for a few minutes and at five minutes I wake up and I feel good. So it's, it's just really important to not go over. Um, okay. Please she- share more about in season foods. So right now I'm trying to think of some foods that are in season. So lots of things that are, will be in season will be like squashes. So winter squash, delicata squash, butternut squash, um, possibly some yellow squash and zucchini still, um, greens are coming back in season. So like I'm growing some endive, which is kind of more of like a bitter green, uh, spinach will be coming back. Kale should be coming back because in the fall they do pretty well. Pumpkin will be here. Oh, what else? Broccoli, cauliflower. Those are kind of Brussels sprouts. What else? Oh, I mashed potato squash, spaghetti squash. Those are kind of all what's in season right now. Lots of the squashes. Those are what I'm loving right now. Um, but those are what I'm kind of buying, but I will keep you guys posted on my social media as I'm going to the farmer's markets in the next few weeks. What probiotic would you recommend? So I mentioned this earlier when I was talking, I think I mentioned this earlier. Yeah. I mentioned this at the beginning. I personally like the Megaspore biotic from microbiome labs. They are amazing. It's spore based, which most probiotics aren't. Most probiotics are one, either dead in the bottle or two, they're dead by the time they get to your stomach because they just, the stomach acid just kills it. Whereas spore base is in a protective encoding 
government so it can actually get to your intestines um and they did a really cool study with this probiotic where they had a bunch of college students not eating great drinking staying up late they all had leaky gut go figure um they did not make them change anything about their lifestyle they gave them this probiotic all their leaky gut symptoms all their leaky gut markers went away so that's not to say that you can't just take this and live a crappy lifestyle. I don't condone that by any means, but I think that that just goes to say the power of what it can do to heal and like what a good quality probiotic can do. So that's the one I recommend. The link for that will be in the show notes. You can get that through my practitioner link. And we've got our last question. Is it bad if you don't sweat? How do you fix not being able to sweat? For sure. Um, I used to be there. It used to be really hard for me to sweat. Same thing with my mom. She never ever remembered sweating in her life. And um, it can be for a few reasons. One, sweat is one of the main ways that our body clears out things, especially heavy metals, BPAs, xenoestrogens. Um, it's that sweating is how our body does that. So that's why I'm a huge fan of infrared sauna and just getting your thermogenic rate up is really, really key for lots of different things in your body, digestion and hormones and, and weight loss and, you know, detox and all of these different things. So it's really, really important to sweat. And if you're not sweating, your detox pathways might not be open. So it's really important to look at that. If you are struggling with that, um, maybe you have super low body temperature. Maybe there's some type of like thyroid stuff going on, or maybe you just, maybe you just like, you know, aren't detoxing super great. And you know, those are all kind of things to look at. And what I would kind of look into is different detox pathways, how you can optimize them, you know, eating lots of like liver rich foods and really working like chronically get your body temperature up. So maybe if you're working out or running and you are not sweating, maybe running in like layers and then you can strip those layers away as you start to sweat. Or, you know, if you have access to a sauna, I mean, that's one of the best ways I've really kicked myself into opening these pathways is just sitting in the sauna and being able to sweat. And it's been super, super helpful for me. Sorry, I don't know why people always call me when I'm doing my podcast. <laughs> so annoying. Anyways, um, yeah, and then if you need help with that, just obviously don't hesitate to reach out and we can always figure something out. But those are all of the questions that I had gotten from Wellness Wednesday a few weeks ago. When you're listening to this, I think it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I don't even know. I've got, I've, this week I've been so busy recording episodes so that when we have our wedding and when we have all this craziness going on, I don't have to stress about it, worry about it. They'll just be there for you guys. Cause when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And just cause life's going to get crazy in the next few weeks doesn't mean that I'm forgetting about this podcast. This podcast is my baby. I freaking love recording. I love getting this information out there. I love hearing your feedback. I love seeing that you guys share it with people. I love reading the reviews. I love, I love everything about it. And I know that I'm doing a good thing, taking hours out of my day to, to, to do this. And you know, I, I don't, make money from it. I don't like, I just do it because I want people to have that information. So if you do enjoy it, please just do me a favor and, and write me a review, give me a five star, just anything that can help get the podcast out there and just kind of boost the algorithm and the internet mojo. But I appreciate you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this little Q and a, let me know if you did, because if you did enjoy the Q&A or if you had similar questions to these and these related to you, or maybe you have things that you want to ask that you want me to dive into, let me know. I'm more than happy to dive into these more. And I'm more than happy to do more Q&As in the future, especially because I love doing them on my Instagram, but I only get to kind of type so much. And even if I talk, 
I could, I could do like a million little dots at the top, just answering one question. So getting it all out on the podcast is not only good for me because I feel like I'm giving a ton of information and kind of like a whole rounded picture on a question, but it's better for you because you're getting more information and you're hopefully getting more resources on where you can go to check things out and what you can do to go from there. But, um, but yeah, let me know. I'm more than happy to, to do these more if this is something you guys like. So please give me the feedback. Let me know what you guys want to hear. Also, let me know about topics that you guys want to hear about in the future. If there's guests that you want me to bring on, which I will be bringing on guests eventually. I just feel like I need to get all this stuff out, all my stuff, like anything that's on my brain that I need you guys to know. And then I'll start bringing on guests. Um, and plus, it's just so easy right now because I can just record when it's convenient for me. Whereas then when we get working on other people's schedule, but we'll get there. I do want to have guests. So let me know who you guys would like to see. Let me know topics you'd like to hear about. Let me know if you want me to do more Q and A's, but I appreciate you guys keep leading yourself to better health. And I will see you guys next week. Woo!